Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. Those of you who remember the TV series Bonanza, when I climbed into the plane in Tucson, Arizona, uh, I tripped on the stairway up there and this deep voice behind me says, and watch out, young lady. And I turned around and it was Lauren Green. I thought I was going to faint and fall into his arms, but I, I was just shaking all through the flight back to Boulder. So many people think that my story is inspiring. How I became blind at just 17 years of age. They always want to know how I've done it and how I've kept smiling all along the way. Well, I've just chosen to focus my attention on seeing the positive side to life. And here on the podcast, that's what I want to do for you. Because no matter what you may be going through in life, I hope to inspire you to focus on the positive and You know what? I hope that I can also be a source of inspiration for you to just just keep keep on on smiling. Hey, what's happening? How are you? Welcome to the podcast. If you are new around here, well, my name is Kevin Lowe, and I am the host of The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. And you're lucky enough to be joining me for episode number 76. Have you ever felt like there's a total disconnect between the plans that you have for your life and the plans that life has for you? You know, that kind of feeling like, you know, life would be a whole lot better if life didn't get in the way. (laughs) Well, it's this topic that had me intrigued with today's guest, Dorothea Gordon, because Dorothea, she's lived a pretty amazing life that has had her going from growing up in Germany to moving to the United States, all based on an invite from a pen pal. She's gone on to be a foreign language teacher for high school students. And that's just the beginning because Dorothea is just a really just beautiful person who has such a zest for life. And well, She's written her inspiring memoir, When Life Has Other Plans, Discover the Hidden Gifts. And when I saw the title of her memoir, it immediately drew me in. And I thought, wow, how true is that? As you listen to my conversation with Dorothea, my hope is that you will allow yourself to just kind of open your mind, open your heart for a minute, and just for a moment, see your hardships as gifts and explore what really counts in your life. Before I get to that conversation, I do want to thank today's sponsor, 
That being Freedom Nutrition Coaching with Coach John. I've been working with Coach John for a little while now, and I continue to be impressed because, you know, I've never worked with a coach before. And it's really pretty awesome having somebody who's there with you. It's more than a workout buddy. It's somebody who's truly on your side, sending you little messages, encouraging you, checking on you. And well, my experience so far has been amazing working with Freedom Nutrition Coaching. I encourage you to use the link in the episode show notes where you can learn more about the programs that Coach John offers like his signature program, Lifestyle 180. Dorothea, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Kevin. That's a great pleasure for me to be here today. Well, wonderful. Well, I'm super excited to have you here today. And you have a lot for us to talk about. I think, I think your, 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 your life is, is very interesting. And, and first and foremost, I would love to ask, where are you coming into the podcast from? Because I talk to people from all over the world. So I'm curious, where are you at? I'm on Vancouver Island on the northwest coast, close to Victoria and Vancouver. Okay. Okay. Now, wonderful. So now, now where are you originally from? I was born and educated in Bavaria, which is, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the most beautiful state of uh, Germany. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's where you you grew up. So how long did you live there? I uh, spent the first 20 years there in great innocence. (laughs) And then I was invited by a pen pal from Texas and went to Texas. And my life has never been the same. So then uh, from there, then I received a scholarship to go to Boulder, Colorado, the University of Colorado, And from there, I went to Mexico to improve my Spanish because I was a Spanish or foreign language student. And I ran into three charming fellows from Victoria, Canada. And then my life changed again. And I ended up on the West Coast of uh, Canada. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so first off, though, I got to back up a little bit. So you left from Germany and moved to the United States of Texas. Based on a pen pal? No, I didn't move there. I was invited to spend a holiday there. Oh. And that was an, an interesting event as well because that pen pal was very nice, but the family and I didn't get a, along so well because I thought I they didn't understand me. I didn't understand them language-wise because I had learned British English and down south they talk a bit <laughs> different. <laughs> I didn't understand what they were saying to me. So it all got very frustrating. And in the end, I had to leave that family. But I had a a certificate, one of many certificates that I was going to uh, acquire later. And I uh, went to the local hospital there because I was there in August, hottest time of the (laughs) year, which I didn't know about, but it was my holiday time. And they gave me a job at that hospital and the nurse took care of me. I lived with her and it was an extremely intriguing experience for me to live in such a different culture compared to the one I was brought up in. So my English was, I learned so much in those two months that I was there that I had to go home, of course, again, that when the next year I was offered a scholarship to go to Boulder, Colorado, I took that because I thought if I spend a year in the States, my English will be almost native-like, I had hoped. So then I went to Boulder 
And there I studied English as a second language, American history, French. I was a teacher's pet because my pronunciation was so good because I was... <laughs> I was European trained. <laughs> and I also studied tennis seriously and uh, horseback riding. Had always been my dream. So it was lovely. It was a great experience. But for Christmas of that year, it was 72. Yeah, I went, um, no, 71. I went to Mexico in order to improve my Spanish because I was studying foreign languages, which was for me English, French, and Spanish. And so when I got down there, I ran into these three Canadians and then made great friends with them. I went back home to to Boulder, but I have to put in, I have to brag a bit. Those of you who remember the TV series Bonanza, when I climbed into the plane in Tucson, Arizona, uh, I tripped on the stairway up there. And this deep voice behind me says, and watch out, young lady. And I turned around and it was Lorne Green. I thought it was going to faint and fall into his arms. But I, I was just shaking all through the flight back to, to Boulder. So that was a, a great experience. That young man from Canada had caught fire. He then came down to Boulder and visited me in February. And then I came up to Canada and met his family. And then I thought I was going to spend the summer of 72 in Canada, in uh, Victoria. But my mother, unbeknownst to me, had applied for a position for me at the Olympic Games, who were in 1972 in Munich, Bavaria. And of course, because of my language skills, I was accepted. So my mother said, look, it's only going to be once in your lifetime that this happens. Why don't you come home? And I thought, oh, yeah, this is this is true. So I said goodbye to this lovely gentleman and went to Bavaria. And then, you know, I also experienced I was on duty when all this unfortunate stuff happened with the Palestinians and the Israeli sports people. So that was sad, but uh, it was it was all very interesting. And uh, so then. I don't know whether I should tell you my whole story or would you want to ask some questions? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I could go on and on. You won't have to say anything. <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. See, this is what I'm talking about when I said you have such an interesting life story. And so, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. So so what did, though, I, I, I was curious to, to know what your your family, your parents thought when you were headed to the U.S., even for that very first time. Oh, gosh. When I went to Texas, they were uh, nervous, but they knew I was going to come back within two months. But when I went away for that year, there was lots of crying and uh, don't fall in love with an American was my mother's <laughs> prayer. And I promised I wouldn't. So instead, I kept my promise. Instead, I fell in love with a Canadian. So, you know, she couldn't say anything. Oh, my goodness. But it was. Uh, that is so funny. Yeah. So now. Okay, so back to this love story we, we had going. Yeah. So so you had this Canadian. Yeah. You left, though, to go back home for the Olympics. Yeah. So did the two of you ever reconvene? Well, we did. I have to say, my mother wasn't against Americans. She didn't say, you know, don't fall in love with America, an American because blah, blah, blah. No, she was concerned that I might move away. Yes. You know, she wanted to keep me close by. Of course. And then in the end, life had other plans. And so it was a Canadian. Yes, of course, the poor fellow was uh, starved for my company. <laughs> and then he showed up. That was in August uh, that I, uh, no, in June that I went home. Uh, December, he showed up. 
Okay. He didn't speak a word of German, <laughs> but we, it was around Christmas time. So my father served him schnapps and Christmas cookies. <laughs> and the two of them understood each other perfectly in that kind of, you know, telepathic way that you achieve when you uh, have the right spirits. Yes. In you. So it then turned out that he was going to stay with my parents, live with my parents, because a friend of mine had a lead crystal factory. They make lead crystal goblets and uh, uh, bowls and uh, all sorts of things over there that then get shipped all over the world. And he got to work there. I spent the week in my university town, which was uh, 60 miles away. And for the weekend, I came home. And it was very interesting that every time I came home, he knew more German. And in the end, it, it all worked out very well. We had a lovely time. But he had to go back to Canada because he needed to get his uh, certificate as a chef. So he okay. did that. I came along. Then I had to go back again. It was a lot of uh, back and forth. But in the end, he wanted to come and work in Germany. And that was in 74. And I said, I went to the authorities and said, you know, can this man come over and work here? And they had that very year changed the laws. You could only work in Germany if you were married to a German or if you were a member of the European Union, none of which he was. So I phoned and I said, well, you know, if you want to work here, you'll have to marry me. And he said, well, I'd already asked you anyway. So he showed up and uh, we got married. (laughs) And then we spent two more years in Bavaria until I had finished my education as a high school teacher. And then there were no more jobs for me. If I hadn't gone to the uh, States and to Canada that year, I would have still slipped into the job availability there. But because I had, you know, this is how life works. If things are not supposed to happen, they don't happen. So my husband then said, well, why don't we move to Canada? Because you'll certainly get a job there with Canada being bilingual in English and French. And so that's what we did. In 77, we moved from Bavaria to Victoria. And I thought I had won the lottery, and it seemed like that for six months. And then culture shock set in, and homesickness. Oh no! What do you mean? What? So what? What about the culture? The culture shock is that things are done differently over here. People have different opinions. They have different freedoms. They have uh, all sorts of aspects in their life are different from the way I I grew up. So I had to basically give up a whole bunch of myself in order to be able to fit into the society. And I was 28 at the time. So it was, you know, I was already formed. I had values, core values that I had brought over to North America, which then I had to change because they didn't fit in. And even though I spoke English fluently at the time, my in-laws, for instance, or my relatives did not know where, where I came from. because. You know, uh, Germans are known to be very frank, like Americans, they say things the way they are, whereas Canadians, they pussyfoot around and, well, uh, blah, 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 beat around the bush. So I cooked a bunch of geese, as I always say, by saying, you know, speaking my truth. So I learned to embellish my truth. Uh, So that was culture shock for me that I couldn't be who I was. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) That's very interesting. And and I guess I, I, I would love to know, like, when, when you say you couldn't be who you were, mm. 
I'm just kind of like in what way? Is there like an example you can kind of give me? Yeah. Uh, for instance, when somebody asked me, you know, how do you like my dress? I would say, well, it's too long or it's too bright or something like that. <laughs> and the type didn't go over well. <laughs> Like I, when, when we first came, we came in, in October, so all the teaching jobs had been closed. But as I have told you, I had a nurse's aid certificate. So I applied at a um, local geriatric home, but I hadn't been trained for that. So I had to be retrained. And the people weren't very happy about that. You know, they wanted someone who already knew what they were doing. So then I would speak up and uh, ask questions <laughs> that didn't go over well. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I have to play by the Canadian rules, act as if I know everything, and do the best I can. Yeah. So that was hard. And, you know, many people don't realize that immigrants come already shaped, unless they are children. These people bring their cultures and their values with them, and they, they grapple. Like we have uh, societies here in Canada they come from Southeast Asia or from uh, China or someone, and they tend to stick together because in their culture, the values and the way they express themselves is okay. But then they step out into the North American society and people look at them and say, what, what are you talking about? So it's, I, I read that as, um, as an immigrant, you have to give up like 30% of who you are in order to bring in other other values and get along with the people in your neighborhood. Yeah. yeah no and, quite and, a challenge. Yeah, no, and, and I find I find that all very very, very interesting because I think I and, and, and I'm just speaking on on you know from from my point of view is mm. is you know America we're known as like the melting pot. And we have all of these mm -hmm. different different people here in America. And so I hadn't thought of somebody coming to this country and, and experiencing kind of like what you talk about of having to, to make changes to who they are, you know, because mm -hmm. of here is, you know, you can, you know, you're free to speak your mind and do, but it is, it's a mm -hmm. different culture, even though we may have of all different ethnic groups and people from all over the world, it, it is different than, you know, where you've come from. So that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I ask listeners to do, be compassionate. Be compassionate, you know, dealing with their accents. People have, you know, a real struggle with accents or expressing themselves. And just be kind and, and compassionate. Absolutely. And that makes such a difference. Yeah, definitely. You know? So now, so at some point, though, you you did get your, your teaching job and you taught high school foreign language, correct? Yeah, I taught mostly Spanish because it turned out that lots of Canadian parents wanted to go to Mexico or other Spanish-speaking countries. And when they had kids who knew Spanish, they were at an advantage. So okay. I taught a lot of Spanish. And I also taught French because uh, it's the second uh, national language here. So if you strive for a government job, you are in a better place when you've had uh, French and can speak it fairly well. Yeah, absolutely. So now how long did you teach for? I taught off and on, off and on, because I had problems 
with my marriage then. So that costs a lot of energy for me to deal with that. And, you know, being a teacher, gosh, <laughs> don't get me started. What, what, how much <laughs> energy that costs. <laughs> and especially high school, you know, the, it's a different lot from yes. grade one and two, all those sweet little creatures. <laughs> but the high school kids are very demanding. <laughs> yes. So then I also had a physically handicapped child. Yes. He was born with cerebral palsy, and we didn't know that. We thought he was normal because he looked normal until I changed doctors when he was about eight months old. And the doctor said, we have to do a CAT scan. And there they found that he had major, major brain damage, whereupon they told me that if he walks at all, uh, he'll be walking in braces and they'll burden him with another language. He won't be able to handle that. And, you know, really, really scared me. But I had already started my spiritual training, so I knew that I could turn to some higher intelligence. And so that took a lot of energy. And then I went back to teaching and back and forth. Then my marriage fell apart, and then I had a nervous breakdown. And so one thing after another, but I knew that I was in the wrong profession. I had wanted to be I'd always been very compassionate and wanted to ease other people's suffering. And I had wanted to become a doctor, but my parents, having grown up in the war, wanted a daughter where they knew she was a civil servant. She'd have all sorts of advantages and holidays and respect and so on. And those yeah. were the German values, which were very different here in North America. So that was another thing I, I had to cope with. And so, yeah, it, it, uh, one thing added up to another, and I, I had developed illnesses because of the stress. My system just broke down, and in the end, I had to leave um, teaching. And then, as I'm saying in my book, I was basically guided, and uh, I found out that the certificates that I wanted to get that in a field that was compassionate regenerative, non-invasive, and that's when I discovered uh, energy medicine. And I trained in that, and it was very satisfying. Yes, yes, yeah. no, definitely. No, I, I was just going to say, for those folks uh, who know Donna Eden, who wrote um, Energy Medicine, she actually endorsed my book. So I'm very happy about that because uh, she could see that the more people who read it, the more will become familiar with the benefits of energy medicine. Sure, you know, if you have appendicitis or break your leg, you have to see a, a doctor right away. But, uh, you know, when you have chronic illnesses, like chronic back pains, neck pains, and so on, then a gentler approach is often called for. And it's very, very rewarding for me to see how these people who weren't able to walk are all of a sudden hopping into my studio. <laughs> and I'm very happy that they have discovered that. So there are yeah. lots and lots of practitioners around now all over the States as well. Yeah, that that's wonderful. So, so now how long have you been doing this for? Oh gosh, since uh, the 80s. Oh, wow. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. So is this what what ties into that? I read that you, you consider yourself a, a dream builder. Yes. I don't consider myself, I have yet another certificate, which uh, says that I'm a certified uh, dream builder oh. coach. 
and uh, that's done through Mary Morris's Life Life Something Studio, an art studio uh, institute. And I noticed that when people came to me with these chronic illnesses, they would often tell me their life stories and, you know, all the things that were wrong. And I would fix them up and they'd go and they'd be fine. Six months later, they'd come back and say, you know, I've got stiff neck again, my back hurts again. And what had happened was that they had not changed their way of thinking. So what you do in the dream builder work is you get clear on what it is that makes you really happy. You know, for some people, it's uh, driving a, a new car. For others, it's traveling. For others, it's finding a purpose. And so I started talking to people about that and said, you know, if you focus on all the things that are good in your life, chances are that you get more good stuff. Because if, you know, you focus on negative, then that's where, where your focus is. And then one day I heard Mary Morrissey speaking and she spoke exactly what I knew I had to acquire, the, the skills that I could then coach and counsel my physically ailing clients to change their mind. And there is another one that I just uh, find is doing such a good job. It's Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you've heard of him. He is so clear on what happens when we change our way of thinking, our focus, and how it, it changes my life. And I'm a living example of that. When I started doing that, my, my life just... I did it actually before I took the dream building course or certification course. But I realized that my way of thinking had been making me ill. And now I'm happy as a spring chicken and very, <laughs> very, very healthy. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I love it. And, and, and I have to say, I mean, is I totally can relate to what you're, you're talking about because to have a positive mindset, a positive energy about you. Mm-hmm. It does. It truly affects not just not just the you know your emotional self, but truly does affect your physical self as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and like what you had talked about earlier is is it is is it you know that that positivity and into to if you're putting that off and then you know being around other people who are positive, it is it just it makes. It makes the world a better place. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we are all energy. People don't realize that we are all energy. We're all vibrations. And what we feel inside vibrates off to the outside. So if we vibrate off good, positive, grateful, optimistic, compassionate thoughts or attitudes, that's the kind of uh, vibration other people get. So that's what attracts them. If we vibrate off negativity, anger, you know, and hate and uh, dissatisfaction and all that, then the vibrations we're on will attract people who are on those vibrations. And I tell you a secret of mine. I have a lovely husband, but we do have disagreements at times. And I do get huffy and angry, but I make sure that before I step into my car, I go back to him and give him a kiss and say, you know, all's forgiven and so on. Because when I step into my car, I want to be in the highest, most positive vibration I can be, because then I know that it will only attract drivers (laughs) on the road that are hopefully uh, attracted to me, but don't touch me. 
Whereas if you go out and you're angry and hateful and you uh, meet other people uh, who are on the road on that same wavelength, sometimes, you know, they, they cross your path, as we say. And then they, uh, that's how accidents can originate. And it has to do with our vibrations and our and the energy that we uh, cast off. So for all of those people listening who suffer from road rage, before you get in your car <laughs> tomorrow, I want you to quickly run up to your spouse, give them a big hug, put your lips, give them a big kiss. And then, and then from there on, get in your car and, and, and you should be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I even do that when I'm on the road. I bless all the other drivers. I say all the best to you. I wish you all the best. And, you know, I just drive beautifully and smoothly. I mean, there are some traffic challenged people, but they at least they don't hit me. They just um, make some weird maneuvers, but I'm fine. <laughs> Be aware. Be aware that what you exude comes back to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And I cannot wait. There, there's a couple of people in my family I'm thinking of right now that I'm going to be like, I need you to highlight this section of my interview <laughs> because you need to listen to that <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can, I can tell you that I teach something that's called the results formula where I tell people that your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your actions and your actions create your results. Yeah. So if you've been thinking, you know, good thoughts, you should have good results. But if you are miserable with the way your life is going, you may want to go back and ask yourself, what kind of thoughts have I been entertaining? And that to me is often uh, such a a great moment because I teach uh, dream building courses in elder colleges in the area here. When these people are challenged with that results formula, and then they look at me and they, oh my gosh, Ooh, <laughs> I caused all this. And I say, yeah, and now you have a chance to change all that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, that's so, that's so awesome. I love it. So, so now I am curious and, and I want to start diving into your book because your book, your book is what caught my attention the most about you. When when I when I read your bio, preparing for our interview and, and and wanting you on the podcast, I saw the title of your book and I was like, oh my gosh, this lady gets it. <laughs> so 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 t- tell everyone, tell everyone the title of your book and, and give us give us an overview of yeah. your book. The title is When Life Has Other Plans. And dot, dot, dot. And then the subtitle is Discover the Hidden Gifts. Because often when calamities or adversities and challenges hit us, we are all, we fall apart and we think this shouldn't be happening and so on. But if we can look at these calamities and challenges as something that occurs in order to put us on a new track, then we can be grateful and we can see what we can learn from it. And that is basically what I'm trying to tell people, because if I may just read what I'm saying on the back here, Dorothea Gordon is a former high school teacher for foreign languages. Long before her retirement, she began studying non-evasive and regenerative healing modalities. And this book tells her true story as a woman whose life force had other plans than she had had for herself. After many daring adventures traveling halfway around the globe, Dorothea ended up in the energy vortex of the Pacific Northwest coast, 
where her training as an alternative practitioner and agent of transformation really began. She invites readers to follow her through amazing spiritual experiences and life challenges to discover hidden gifts and truths. And that is sort of the, the general gist, but the, the deeper gist is that I'm trying to ask people not to give up on themselves or their dreams. Mm, I love because it. especially with teaching uh, in the elder colleges, those, the average age is 75, and these people still have dreams. And they're saying, where have you been? You know, <laughs> if I had met you sooner, I could have done this 20 years ago. So this is what I'm hoping to achieve with this book, that people see all the challenges and hardships I had to go through and what I learned from them. So not giving up on your dreams is something important. And what I'm also very keen on is help people empower themselves so that they're not dependent on others giving them advice and, you know, yeah, uh, but that they can dig into themselves and find their passions and their their values and their skills and their talents and their dreams and then pursue that they don't have to know how to they just have to be clear and then in the book the the situations yes. i describe i was not aware of the gifts that i was given only in hindsight but now that i am more conscious more awake I can see what kind of gift I get out of something that, that I don't like. You know, people who really irk us and make us mad are sometimes our best teachers because we need to go inside and say, well, why is this bothering me? And then we find that often it bothers us because we have the same characteristics inside us. So then we can say, if I don't like them doing it, then perhaps I should look at myself. And the interesting thing is once you shed light on these situations or these character traits, the situations that cause you grief go away. That's the, the gift of challenges that they are supposed to wake you up so that you can improve or enrich your life, whether it's your inner life or your outer life. It depends on what kind of goals wow. you have. Wow. This is powerful stuff. Yeah. It You're is. pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I've been yes. told that before. <laughs> but I always take it in because it just feels good that I'm on the right track because I know I have, I'm living my life's purpose. That I'm not a medical doctor, but I am sort of a, somebody who brings about health by empowering people to use their own selves to make a life that they just absolutely love. And it's possible. I've had uh, a number of situations where that occurred, that people really made a difference. Well, I yeah. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I, so now tell me, where where can somebody find your book at? Well, they can go on to Amazon.com and type in the title, When Life Has Other Plans. Okay. And my name, which is uh, Dorothea, which is a bit hard to spell. D-O-R-O-T-H-E-A. Then I have a capital L and a dot after it because a bunch of other Dorothea Gordons. So it's Dorothea L and then Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N. And then it'll show up. Well, So they can order it from Amazon. Oh, well, that's awesome. And and for, for you who are thinking, oh my goodness, you would love to have that book, just uh, 
Don't worry about writing all of that down. I will include all of that in the show notes so that it's super easy for you to access this uh, almost just like book. I just feel like book is almost a little bit too uh, common of a of a term for this. This seems, this seems like more than just a book you've written. This seems this seems it is so. Yes, yes you you're picking up on that. It's more of a book. It's not a self help book. It's I call it an inspirational memoir. Yes. It's a wake up, wake up, wake up. You know, see what this woman had to go through. And she's still kicking around after stroke and cancer and accidents and all these kinds of things. And see what unusual things are out there. You know, it helps you open your mind a bit. If you are willing to wake up a bit and let in some new light into your mind or your soul, then this is something that will speak to you. I've had one lady, she said, my mother and I read it and we cried over it and you should sell it for, with Costco. <laughs> and she thinks it's that good a book to sell it at Costco because so many people need to read it. So I wrote to the Costco book person in charge, but I haven't heard from her yet. She must be very busy. But uh, who knows? But oh. yeah, it is easy to read. I've written it in a in a story style because I'm, as you can possibly tell, I'm a, a storyteller. I don't like lots of dialogue and he said this and she said that, but I like a story that flows. And I go into my present time. I go into my past time. I go through Texas. I go through Canada. And everywhere I go, I learn something. And at the end of every chapter, I write a gift. For instance, my gift in this chapter 13 was life is eager to fulfill my wishes when I'm clear about what I really want. And that was when I almost died because of a bike accident. And yeah. an additional gift was how wearing a bike helmet saved my life. Yeah, no, I just, I'm just sitting here and just kind of at all, in awe at this, at, at you and this book. And I mean, for the life that you have lived and, and it's been a life of, it's not just all been amazing. You, you've had hard times, just like all of us. And yet, and yet I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm listening to you. Absolutely. Tell yeah. me about this book. And yeah. all I can say is that just your entire demeanor, it literally, when we were talking earlier about the whole positive energy and the vibrations and stuff, that is all I get from you is this amazing just zest for life that. I think I think anybody listening to to our conversation today is going to come away with of oh my goodness I need some more of Dorothea in my life cuz baby she she making me feel good you know <laughs> Yeah 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 I do coaching internationally oh, okay. so if somebody <laughs> wants to get in touch with me then they can do that But I wanted to say uh, Kevin that you are operating because of this this handicap you have you are operating on a very high frequency. Yes. And so it's easy for you to pick up on my high frequency. Yes. And to you, it feels inspiring, you know. And and anyone who also reacts to that is on a high frequency already. Yeah, so I was going to say, so what you're saying is, is for the person who's listening who doesn't understand what I'm saying, they're on a low frequency. Exactly, yeah. They need need to wake up a bit and maybe read my book first, and then 
<laughs> and then they, they move up to a higher frequency. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I love you because it's like, you know what? If you're not absolutely loving this podcast episode, then you're just you're just on the wrong frequency. You got to get that frequency tuned up a little bit and then re-listen yeah. and realize how amazing it is. Absolutely. Very yeah. good advice, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, well, listen, I feel like I could keep talking to you for who even yeah. knows how long. And and you have you've maybe so intrigued about your book and having the stories in it. And oh my goodness, I'm just I'm I'm just kind of left speechless with you. But but most of all, I just wanna wanna thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, but before I let you go though, is is I would I would love for the wisdom that you have, do you have any final, final words for those listening today that, that you feel could help them out? You know, maybe, maybe it's somebody going through some stuff in life. They're not in a good spot. They're, they're in a, at a low frequency. You know, do you have any, any last words for them? I believe that we need to go through certain events in order to wake up. And so it's important not to take it personally. But if you feel that it's time for you to change your life course, that you go ahead and be courageous. There are books that you can read. There are podcasts like Kevin's that you can listen to. And I used to read Eckhart Tolle, if any of you know him, T-O-L-L-E. And he is a, a sage with a very heavy German accent. But he said, if a course of action is in alignment with what the universe wants, it will be empowered. And that means if you believe that you deserve a good life and you send that out to the universe and you say, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready, please help me, that you will eventually be rewarded because the universe hears you and all you have to do is whether you call the universe, uh, universe, God, higher intelligence, whatever. But if you're serious about something, you will get help. Yeah, but it will come in a way that you probably won't expect. So being open to what comes your way and seeing the gift in it is what can make the difference. Don't have a, a firm opinion. It should look like this, but be open and see, oh, this is what it's like. Ah, now I get it. So an openness and, and uh, an attitude of gratitude. That's what I would say. Be grateful for all the good things in your life and focus on that rather than the things that are not working. Absolutely. I love it. Well, well, I am so grateful that I just got to spend time with you. And I just, I sincerely want to thank you so much for, for being a guest on my podcast. And I wish you only amazing things to come. I I I am going to say it right now that I can't wait to have you back on the podcast at some point because I have a feeling that things aren't slowing down for you anytime soon. And uh, no, no, 
No. No, exactly. I, I figured not. So, so listen again, thank you. And for you who are listening to the podcast today, I want to thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And I hope if you hear anything today in my conversation with Dorothea, that maybe you share it with a friend. Maybe it could help somebody else out. And, you know, that's what that's what it's all about. It's about mm-hmm. helping, helping our friends, being there for other people. And because it's the relationships made in this life that are what truly matter. So I want to thank you for listening. And that's another episode on The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. And that's The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.